again, ladies and gentlemen. Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you Chapter 68 of Radiance, my Fallout fan fiction. As always, I do hope you've been enjoying this little stroll through the Fallout universe that I've been weaving for you all. As always, if you can like, share, subscribe, leave me feedback wherever you can, it's always well appreciated. Go to sites like fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org, or even to my own website, ghostnobody.com. You can leave me feedback on any one of them there. Just make sure you put podcast in the title so I know which one you're referencing. And if you do go to ghostnobody.com, you can go to the ghostly links and click on Mortis. Pick yourself up a copy of my original novel. A little, uh, you know, something else to read from me. A little bit of alien romance in the zombie apocalypse involving feisty cat girls, one-legged grumpy snipers and zombies. Who doesn't like zombies? So, pick up a copy and support me. Help me keep doing this and doing the thing that I love, which is entertaining you good people with wildly outlandish romance stories from beyond the stars. So, let's get on with the show, shall we? Now, but the usual legal disclaimer first. I don't own Fallout, this is fan fiction, it's all the thing of Bethesda, where the hell is Starfield? Let's get on with the show. Chapter 68. Fly before you can walk. Holy shit, look at this place. It's incredible. Passo exclaimed as he wandered from room to a massive room, gulping at the sheer scale and size of the mansion. That was now their temporary home, gifted to them by the people of the town, for their efforts in helping to free them. Yeah, it really is something, ain't it? Shepard said, trailing after him, as she watched the big, excited claw guy scampering from room to room, exploring his new environment like a giant, overexcited puppy. Though, while she found it incredibly cute, especially his excitement, which was truly infectious, she really doubted that most society as a whole would have agreed with her. Now she watched the rows of colourful feathers that made up the large stripe that ran down the centre of his spine from the back of his head to the tip of his tail ruffling. She couldn't help but melt a little inside. Before she'd met Seven and his people, she would have never imagined in her life looking at a member of another species with loving intent or with desire-filled eyes. Hell, after all the shit that happened to her in the years of being a slave, she genuinely believed that she'd never be able to look at another male again without feeling a deep and overwhelming sense of hatred and overwhelming urge to either run or just kill them before they could enact their nature, which, she'd been so convinced, lived inside every man, regardless of species. But Seven and his people had turned that belief completely on its head in such a very short space of time. She'd seen them stand tall and proud before launching themselves into harm's way to protect and to defend people that they didn't even know and this code of honour that he seemed to live by seemed to have come from the very claws that walked among them. And it had been adapted slightly, so that it didn't only fit the claws themselves, but all the species that joined them, including humans. The most beautiful thing was how well they all embodied it. Seven himself, despite suffering such horrific abuse, suffered and stood tall. He was proud and unshakable. He led this collection of misfits like a military leader, and it was not only wonderful to see him not only growing into the role, but fully embracing it now. Now people of all species seemed to turn to him and to follow his lead. Hell, the bloke just dripped charisma and control these days. With that power of his, and stood in that power armour suit, he was like a living bulwark against the cold darkness that had always just been one step behind you in this world. 
and with him leading the way, and with the other stood proudly at his sides. Not only did they drive it back, but they actively hunted it down and extinguished it. Take this town as an example. It would have been so very easy for them to just completely ignored it and just moved on. Not their problem, not their people. But they got stuck in and they ended the nightmare that had gripped these good people in the form of the enclave, simply because they were asked to and it was the right thing to do. And she stood proud right in the middle of that mix, doing her part too, as had her passer. In only a couple of days she'd watched him bloom like a beautiful flower, and Seven had been directly responsible for it. He had shown this beautiful claw boy that just because he was different, it didn't make him any less of a claw than the rest of his family, just a different type of claw. And that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Different was good, and Seven had shown him really how to believe it. Shepherd's chest positively swelled with pride as she remembered Passer stood tall and defiant among his brethren, letting loose a war roar that shook her to her very soul, and seeing him charging forward like a living embodiment of justice and fury, with his kin at his sides, both feral and sentient alike, had been a hell of a thing to witness with her own eyes. All that scale, muscle, and in his case, feathers, charging fiercely headlong into battle, the sole intent of driving the evil from the town and defending their friends. It was enough to make a girl rather hot under the very armoured collar. In fact, as she thought about it, she had to lift the newly upgraded coat collar that had been through Malachi's talented hands and was now supporting a fair few layers of patented silken woven armour into it, along with a few metal plates here and there, for good measure, you know, just to release the heat from under it. After what the males of her species had done to her, she really knew that she could never really look at another one of them, to be fair, not the same way she once had. For all her flirty talk around Seven, and despite the fact that she was truthful when she said she did like white boys, if the chance had really been there to get for her to get a grip on him, she'd have probably run from it. But with Passer, he just wasn't there. With him... There was no kernel of fear or uncertainty winding its way through her heart. There was just this beauty and masculinity and this need to truly see him. The beautiful man that lived inside the scales and the feathers. He was an insecure soul, but a gentle and loving one all the same. He was just a man, plain and simple, different species or not. He was truly no different from her. He had his fears and his flaws, and to her they made the imperfect being all the more beautiful. After seeing his fear and self-esteem issues bubbling to the surface, after what had happened to him with Project Unity, she'd had a bit of an epiphany. He was just a boy, just a boy trying to make his way in the world, to find someone to love him and accept him for who and what he is. No different to anyone else who is sentient, really. No different to her other than the gender and the species, obviously. Not, not that that mattered really that much in this group. And that's when it had really hit her, like a cold hard slap on the ass on a cold day, and seemed to shock your entire system before someone kicked you full force up the arse. She had felt his soul calling out to her in the dark, calling out to anyone, really, anyone to please accept him and just love him. And just like that, hers had answered him, because she'd realised her soul had been calling out for someone for him, like him, for so very long, 
It was like hearing an echo. And she realised in that moment she could truly be his one and only. She had realised that she could love and she could have the love that she'd always dreamed of. She could have a man who would love her pretty much unconditionally. And not only that, she would have a man who was not only big and undoubtedly strong, but vulnerable and gentle. She could have herself a claw. So she'd answered him and claimed him, and to her delight, not only had he accepted her, but her whole, his whole family and group had as well. She's pretty sure that she was the very first human woman to actually fall in love with a claw boy. But here she stood now, as happy as she could be as she watched her beautiful and excitable overgrown scaly puppy of a man scampering around the giant house, marvelling at absolutely everything that he should see. But tonight, tonight she was really going to give him something to marvel at. Tonight she was going to give him her whole self. Now, she did initially have some worries about the such a thing could feel, and even if it would actually be possible without causing some real damage. But then Gregory was a human man, who loved a claw man, and his claw was even bigger than Passa was, what with being an alpha male claw and all. But the love those two had for one another shone off them like a fucking beacon, and was just completely undeniable. So if it could work for them, then she could damn well make it work for these two too. She was going to show this claw boy exactly what the love of a good human woman was not only worth, but looked like as well. She was going to seduce the fuck out of him tonight. Come on, sexy tail. Let's go get something to eat, shall we? Don't know about you, but I'm starving. Plus, you good sir, are really going to need your strength and energy tonight. She said with a wink. And Parser cocked his head curiously as he fixed his exquisite crystal blue eyes on her. Sending such a wonderful shiver down her spine. Oh, and why is that then? What are we doing? He asked in such a blissfully naive and unaware voice that it made her chuckle. Oh, this beautiful untouched male had so much to learn about females and their ways. And she felt such a powerful pride that she was going to be the one to be lucky enough to teach them to him. And she was going to make damn fucking sure that he loved every single second of every single lesson. She walked towards him, clasping her hands behind her back, just over the back of her hips, and exaggerating each and every step she took, which caused him to cock his head even more as he watched her. She circled behind him, careful not to tread on either his gorgeous wingtips or his long, luscious tail, before stepping right up to him from underneath his wing and surprising him. She seemingly just appeared in front of him only just to snatch one of hold of his, one of his horns and to yank him down to her height so she could plant a deep kiss right on his lips. When she let go and they parted, he looked at her with such a beautiful look of blissful confusion written all over his exotic handsome features. What the hell was that for? he asked and she grinned at him. Just for being you, my scaly angel. You know what? Tonight I'm going to teach you how to fly. Only this type of flying doesn't use those sexy new wings of yours, she said with another wink. And that left him leave looking even more confused, to the point where she could pretty much actually see the cogs in his oh-so-pretty head whirring away, trying to figure out what in the hell she was hinting at to him. Oh well, he'd get the pretender soon enough, and she couldn't wait to see what his face looked like when he did. The kitchen looked like a scene out of old animated holovids that Shepard had once used to love to watch. 
It appeared Seven that had only decided to try his hand at cooking, but was using it as an excuse to try and gain more control over his powers. She knew that he had to work it out to make it stronger, just like any muscle, really. But there was just something so damn cool about watching knives flying around cutting meat all on their own, or pots stirring themselves. But it was the sight of Visa with a chef's hat tucked under her horns where she'd gotten somewhere planted on her head that made her laugh out loud. Visa turned her head when she heard the laugh, and she growled at the offender. "'Why are you laughing? My seven tells me that I look damn sexy in my new hat,' she said with an indignant tone of voice, and Sherpa gave her a grin. "'I'm sure you look lovely, especially to human eyes that appreciate a big claw girl. Though I'm guessing seven is just miffed you couldn't find an apron to match it,' Shepard said with a grin. "'Well, I couldn't find one that said kiss the cook.' I'm kind of glad of it in a way because of all the claw-loving humans willing to take a walk on the wild side these days that we seem to keep finding constantly. I'd have to be on guard all the time for them trying to snatch my gorgeous, uh, gorgeous tail out of my grasp, Seven said with a bit of a grin, making Visa growl and turn to snatch him up into her arms so she could hug him to her chest. Though Shepard did note that none of the cooking stopped around her, seems that his control was definitely getting better. No male will ever lay a single finger on me without a painful answer to it. The hands of this beautiful male are here are the only ones welcome on my hide or my tail, Visa said proudly. The shepherd smiled and then turned and ran a hand down Passer's flank, making him shiver involuntarily before his scales flushed slightly. Yeah, I feel you there, sister. Only hands to get to touch this black hide are scaly, white and tipped with claws sharp enough to cut through steel. He said, making Passer smile, but also blush a bit more. And that's when Visa noticed and released Seven before marching right up to her cousin. Chin up, chest out, proud horns on, Passer. This wonderful human woman here is declaring her love for you. Be proud of that and of her. As a proud claw of the northern pack, you should always show your pride in your love, especially at the moment you accepted her heart claim on you. She became a part of this pack. "'and she is the same as Seven is now. "'So chin up, chest out, "'and let your loving pride shine, young one,' she said proudly. "'Passer nodded and did exactly that. "'He rose up to his full height "'and puffed out his beautiful, broad-armoured chest, "'looking like he was striking a pose "'that somehow made Shepherd's heart thump a fair bit harder. "'He turned to face her. "'Shepherd, I'm sorry if my actions, or lack of them, have ever made you feel like your love is unimportant to me. This could not be further from the truth. Your love is the greatest source of pride to me, as I stole the most beautiful human or woman away from her species somehow, though I'm not quite sure how I did it. So what I'm trying to say is, you mean everything to me, and I'm sorry if I don't always show it, he said with a very proud note in his voice. A large dopey smile broke out on Shepard's face. Before she strode towards him, reached up and once again grabbed hold of his horns to drag him down to her height so that she could pull him into the deepest kiss of her life. It was like she was trying to lick every single one of his teeth clean from the inside. When she released him, Passer looked both stunned and cross-eyed. Shepard quickly turned to Seven and shot him a grin. Thank you, it's to you. Can we make hours to go, please? I'm dragging this pretty white boy up those stairs by his sexy tail. And I think he's going to need his strength, she said, making Seven chuckle and nod with understanding, while Passer himself still looked confused as hell. Well, 
That was until Visa stepped forward and lifted his chin with a single clawed fingertip. You take the very best of care of this one, Passa, you hear me? She loves with the fire of a claw, so you should show her what a real claw can really do, she said, making him swallow hard as he suddenly seemed to click on to what they were talking about, and now his eyes went wide. I, I will, I swear it, cousin, he said in a slight stammer. And she smiled before turning and cutting an extra large chunk of meat from the Brahmin legs they'd been given by the townspeople, and were in the process of cooking and preparing, before placing it on a large plate and handing it to Shepherd with a wink. Make sure, make him use up all the strength he gets from it. Show him exactly what it me- you means to you, in no uncertain terms. You hear me? She said with a wink of one of her large golden eyes. Shepard took it and grinned at her before both of them turned their smiles on the now nervous-looking male claw. Oh, you can count on it, Visa. Those white scales of his are just begging for black fingers to explore each and every single one, she said with a smile. Both Seven and Visa prepared them a meal quickly to go and piled it onto a tray for them both, which passed her at the carrier's Shepard was pretty much worried she might actually drop it due to the weight of the damn thing and not being able to see where she was going as it blocked out the flue of the floor. So while she led the way, Passer followed behind her, carrying the trail laden with steaming goodies. As they reached the landing, they heard a somewhat distant, but also very familiar sound of a female claw roaring, and the roar was definitely one of pure pleasure and passion. The damn things were unmistakable these days. Passer stopped for a moment and listened. Uh, I think that's my mother he said, and Shepard gave him a grin. Yep, big girl finally got her human boy. Don't worry, pretty boy, you'll be making noises like that soon enough, she said with a smirk, and he flushed deep pink again. She couldn't just help feel turned on every single time she made him blush like that. He was such a reactive and gentle claw that it really made her happy to know that they could not only be this way, but that she'd bagged one of them for herself, and the most beautiful one of the lot at that. She opened the door to the room that she had claimed for both of them and led them inside before closing it behind them. Once she'd been sure his big sexy tail was clear of it anyway because she doubted he'd thank her for jamming that in the door. Passer placed the tray down on a large table in the centre of the room next to some beautiful old-style furniture, including three large armchairs and a beautifully ornate two-seater love seat. But there was only one seat that she was interested in and that one was white and scaly. Come on, sit down, let's eat, beautiful. All this excitement has really worked up an appetite. As is all that damn fighting, she said, dropping into the love seat before patting the seat next to her. He turned around, giving her a very nice view of his very large, but very tight-looking scaly rear end. He lifted his wings up and hooked them over the back of the seat before planting himself down on it, and then suddenly shimmying his tail in behind her, using it to pull her into him and using one arm then to give her a one-armed hug, which made her smile as she felt his feathers tickling over her leg as he wrapped it tightly round her waist. The pair of them tucked into their meal, and by the way, Passer tucked into his, the poor Clyboy, who must have been broilly starving. Though to be fair, he'd obviously burned through a hell of a lot of calories in that fight earlier today. There was something oddly scary about watching Passer's razor-sharp fangs tearing through perfectly cooked meat with ease. It reminded her that she was actually dating an apex predator, whose entire body was designed for the hunt and for the kill, 
and now since his DNA had been adjusted and updated slightly by that unity thing, she felt it was even more so. As she sat there eating her own steak and potatoes, she could feel his tail dancing about in her lap, making her chuckle slightly as it gave her rather a lot of joy to see him so happy about something so simple yet again. Suddenly she felt something very warm and soft moving around on her shoulders, and she glanced up and realised that it was one of his wings. He glanced down at her and gave her a small, soft and slightly embarrassed smile, like she'd caught him staring at her ass or something. Not that she would have minded him doing that, of course. She wanted her man to want her the way she wanted him. She reached up and gently tugged and pulled on the soft white leather-like flesh of his wing and pulled it around her like a blanket. You know, I get the feeling lo loving a winged claw boy is going to be damn good. You already give the best hugs, and you've got oh so many ways to hug as well. Arms, a tail, wings... Yes, sir, I'm one lucky girl, she said, playfully stroking his wing with one hand or putting a forkful of succulent meat into her mouth with the other. I'm the lucky one, Shepherd. I still can't believe that you want to look at me, let alone look at me the way you actually do. We're so different, but you look at me like I'm the most beautiful thing in the world to you. And it really makes your eyes sparkle, and it's really beautiful to me. I don't know what I did to make you smile at me like that, but it just makes me happy, he said softly. You want to know what you did? She asked softly, and he nodded his horned head eagerly. She reached up with a little napkin and wiped some of the meat juices and fat from his cheeks. It's really simple. You came into my life and proved something to me that I desperately needed. Well, a couple of things, really. Firstly, you proved to me that not all guys are the same. For the longest time after what happened to me, I absolutely loathed men. And you can, can you really blame me? They hurt me and shamed me in ways that no one should ever have to experience. But you, and indeed this whole group, restored not only my faith in humanity, but gave me a whole new faith in non-humans, which is something I never thought I'd have. The longer I walked with them, and the more that I saw the code they lived by and embodied, it was incredibly beautiful to me, and it just made me realise that I didn't want to just survive anymore. I wanted to fucking live. Not to hide in some fucking corner and scrape by just trying to stay out of the sight of the slavers so they wouldn't come and take me back. But I wanted to get out there and to see the world and to live it. But then Seven and his people came in, heard our troubles and our worries, and then just said, Hey, yeah, we'll help you out with that. We'll help you remove this absolutely evil thing from your lives and we'll make you all stronger. And while we're doing it, you will see exactly what good humans and good non-humans can do and achieve together. Then I actually began to believe, that, to really believe that I could see the love that they had for one another. And I'll be blunt here, when I first saw Seven he boiled my blood, firstly because he's a man, but secondly because I thought he was pretty. Then I just saw how fucking scarily powerful he actually is and I thought, fucking hell, who the hell put all this power in the hands of a man? He's just going to use it to oppress people and to hurt women. But nothing, and I mean nothing, is further from that truth. The man just wants to help. He knows pain. He knows my pain. He's been there too. In some ways less and in some ways so much more. 
but he's really been there. So I thought, yeah, these are the people I want to walk with. These people can show me how to be strong again, and they can help me to live. And then I met you, with the group that saved you, and something just changed for me. There's this big, beautiful male claw, but he's not aggressive. He's not this drooling monster like I'd been led to believe that you guys were. He was nervous and unsure of himself and his place in the world. But more than that, he also knew my pain too, in that he'd been a slave, and he goes out and gets himself changed by a piece of tech. But despite being changed, he just becomes even more beautiful to me. And it was just like the part that I'd been missing all along snapped into place for me. I was falling in love, and in love with someone not of my own race, and it just made sense. This was the man that I was meant to have. This here was the man that I was meant to love and to protect. I saw his vulnerability and his fear, and it was just like my own, and it stoked every instinct I have. And now here I am, sat on a couch with said beautiful man, eating a scrumptious meal, and about to make wild, passionate love to him for the very first time. And suddenly, I remember what it is to feel alive, Shepherd said. Passer swallowed his meat hard enough for her to see the large bump moving down his slender neck, and looked at her with absolutely massive eyes. She gave him her best sultry look. Oh yeah, you heard me, Mike, my scaly lover. Tonight I'm going to make you work that oh-so-fine scaly arse of yours for me. And I'm going to show you exactly why you chose right when you chose yourself a fine black human woman. So brace yourself, white boy. Tonight I'm going to turn you from a claw boy into a claw man. She purred and she reached up to stroke his armoured chest gently. He went all suddenly bashful. Uh, uh, are you sure, Shepherd? He stammered in such a compute way, cute way, but also embarrassed by his nervous voice. Never been so sure about anything in my life, gorgeous. Now, hurry up and finish up your food, because you're going to need that strength of yours. And you'd better hurry up before I drag that sexy rear end of yours into the bed over there by that gorgeous tail attached to it. And don't think those claws of yours will save you, because it doesn't matter how dig you'll deep them, dig them into the floor. I'll pry them loose if I have to, she said, trying to make her voice sound as sexy and sultry as she could. She wanted him under no illusions just how badly she wanted to take this step with him. She just hoped that he didn't feel rushed, or worse, forced. She knew exactly how that felt, and that was the worst feeling that sentience had to offer in her opinion. This vile sense of violation. The fact that what you wanted or needed didn't matter a single fuck to anyone but you. The very fact that this is your body, and it belonged only to you. And what you did with it was supposed to be your choice and only your choice meant nothing to people like that. And they would happily hurt you to get what they wanted. And it was truly an awful feeling. That sudden cold realisation sent a cold shot of ice right down her spine and made her look up at her obviously very nervous call boy. For all his strength and all his power, he was just still a young adult, about to take his real first step into true adulthood despite his age which was supposed to be a big step in any sentient person's life, and she wanted him to take that step with her, not because of her desire for him to take it to overwhelm him into doing so, 
if he wasn't ready and if it also made her realise that both she and indeed his family had kind of been piling a bit of pressure on the gentle claw. Hey, my sweet tail, I want you to listen to me and listen well, okay? She said, reaching up to take his horns in her hands so she could make him look at her. He nodded gently and she stroked his smooth horns, making him shiver lightly and his feathers ruffle. Listen, you don't have to do anything you don't want to, my sugar scales. If you aren't ready for this, simply say so. I don't want you to be under any kind of pressure. I want you to enjoy this. It's what you're supposed to have. It's supposed to be the most beautiful night of your life. I don't want it soured by the fact that you weren't ready for it. So if you want to stop, simply say so. I won't be angry with you or disappointed in you if you aren't actually ready. I know what it is to be forced, and I know you do too. Maybe not in that way, but you were forced to do the vile things, and I know you live with that. And I don't ever, ever want you to feel that way about me. I love you, and I want you to love me right back the same way. And this is supposed to be an act of pure love. So if you're not ready for it, simply say so, she said, softly stroking his horns with both hands. Passa nodded, looking a little relieved. I, I'm just worried that I'll hurt you. We're so different, you and I. I'm so much bigger than you, Shepherd, and I couldn't bear it if I hurt you, by accident. I love you, Shepherd, he said softly. Oh, my sweet one, is that what worrying you? I tell you what, we'll go nice and slow. We'll make sure that it works before we take the full plunge. And hey, think about it. Ven and Gregory are both guys and it works for them, right? So why not us? She said, trying to reassure him. And the more he thought there, the more it seemed to work. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right, he said, and she grinned as she felt his lifting mood. Of course I am. Now, get that sugar-coated sweet tail of yours in gear and get on that bed because Mama's not going to want to waste a single second and I want to taste all of you. She purred, scooting off the couch and gently pulling him to his feet. Or rather, just pulling on him anyway. He did all the work lifting himself. He might be a little bit lighter now that he had wings, but he was still a couple of hundred pounds of solid muscles and scales. So he was way heavier than she could ever lift. But it did make her shiver and want. The thought of Eva being in charge of this beautiful man and having him under her sway, or indeed being pinned beneath him as he went to town on her, made her loins burned like she'd stuck a sopping candle in there, and it was also dripping like it too. Once he was on his feet, she grabbed his massive hand again and dragged him towards the large bed, where she turned him around and guided him so that he was sat on the edge of the bed which, despite the only slight contact, sagged quite a lot under his weight. She hopped up into his large arms and onto his thighs. She threw her arms around his neck, surprising him. But not as much as the surprise lunge kiss she threw his way. She could instantly taste the sweet sauce that their meat had been cooked in, and that was made from mute fruit and taste what tasted like plums. That simply made her deepen the kiss, licking all the way along his little tongue, and she, he shivered, and a beautiful deep throaty growl burst from him. Suddenly his massive hands began to move, and they came up, 
one gripped right at the base of her hips, right over her rear, and the other one smack on her shoulder blades. She could feel tension and the strength of his grip, and it sent a pure wave of desire right through her like a crashing, burning fire. His passion was finally starting to break through his nerves and his self-doubt. All he needed was just another little push to get that beautiful, pure fire and make it burn within her male soul to show itself to her. That's it, my gorgeous claw. Show me who you are. I'm yours now. All this prime, dark, human female beef is yours and only yours. So take what's yours, sugar tail. She growled right back at him, which made an even deeper, more primal growl just bubble up out of his chest, and that's when he went for her clothes. His large, claw-tipped fingers were not exactly ideal for the delicate task of removing human clothing intact, so, not wanting to make a lot more work for Malachi and having some rather embarrassing stories to tell, she decided to give him a hand. Well, two to be exact while at the same time seeing yet another opportunity to fire up his gorgeous claw boy's inner fire. Hold up, let me take care of that for you, sweet scale, she said, purring, kissing him on the horns as she did to prompt him to let her go, which he did. She slid herself off his legs and stood up right in front of him, giving him a coy smile as she did. All right, you sexy claw, you. Now you just sit there. And look at all the goodies that Mama has lined up for you, all right? But don't move now, she purred, and she stepped a few paces away from him, and she could feel the intensity of his stare on her. The way his pupils narrowed it was just so beautifully predatory. It was like he was hunting her without even moving. She began to sway herself with a rhythm of music she began to play in her own head, rolling her hips left and right in time with it, as she desperately tried to make the act of taking off a heavily armoured coat and boots seem sexy. But as she, ma- she felt like she managed it as she kicked off her boots and flicked a cocked hip at him before she could see him licking his fangs and lips behind her. After only a few spins, she was down to her underwear. She was rolling her hips in a very exaggerated way as she strode back towards him, stopping only a few feet from him. Close! but just outside of his reach to tease him and tantalise him. Then she spun back around again, like she was about to walk away from him, and she saw him tense. But instead, she locked her thumbs into her waistband, and with a very slow and exaggerated pull, she pulled her panties down her long legs before kicking them off away from her, while rolling her rear end in his direction. Seconds later, her bra joined them in a pile, leaving Shepard stood as naked as the day she was born with her back to her beautiful male claw. Slowly she turned, teasing him with every millimetre, before finally turning around to face him with bated breath. This was it. Make or break for her. She just hoped to God that he would like what he saw. His eyes went from little pencil lines to absolutely huge black moons swimming in liquid sapphire, before they narrowed back into two drawn lines again. You are exquisite, Shepherd. I never believed in a million years a mammal could be so incredibly beautiful. But you're radiant, like an ebony goddess or something. He gasped, and she felt her heart just explode in her chest. This was it. He was as hooked on her as she was on him. She just couldn't help herself now. She ran forward and just jumped at him. 
Intention was to jump right up into his lap and push him flat onto his back. But with incredible human speed of his, he simply caught her in mid-air, spun his whole body around and with hers in tow, and planted her right on the bed with her on her back with him piled above her. Shepard's heart pounded like a jackhammer as she looked right up at the massive white scaled claw by above her, and never in her life had she felt so feminine. She could feel the desire pumping out of him as he looked down on her. That's it, my sexy scale. Let it out. Show it to me. She purred, reaching up and showering his corns and face with kisses. She wanted to see her true prize. She wanted to see what made him a male. So that's exactly what he did when he figured out what she was talking about. Out of the hidden pouch in his groin, something squirmy and beautifully ready pink began to emerge as it filled with blood and came out to not only meet the world, but its new owner. And Shepard gasped as she saw it for the first time. Oh my God, it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. Just like its owner is. She purred quickly, spinning herself around and sliding herself down underneath her beautiful claw by on her back. His maleness was kind of conical in shape, having a kind of flexible and prehensile tip that he could seemingly control like some sort of slimy little finger. But this rapidly widened into a large, wide cone at the base. But what made Shepard really shiver and squirm with excitement was all the bumps and ridges all the way along that seemed to look like a spiral and it began to conjure up in her mind delicious images of how they were going to feel grinding along the flesh of her insides. She slowly reached up and t- very gently took hold of it, relishing the softness and beautiful slimy flesh that was burning hot in her hand. Come to Mama, and let's see if you taste as good as you look now, shall we? She growled softly, and Parcel looked down at her with stunned eyes. Huh? he exclaimed, and she gave him an upside-down grin and a wink before she tightened her grip on him and lowered her face to it so she could plant kisses all the way along it before not only doing that but dragging her tongue right up over him from root to tip. Passer's whole body shivered and all of his beautiful muscles tensed and bunched making him look like a predator about to pounce. Oh, wow! he exclaimed as her hot slimy flesh met his hot slimy flesh and to her purest delight he did taste as good as he looked. It was salty and somewhat musky, and she just couldn't resist. She popped the hole of his tip right into her mouth and began to suck on it while swirling her tongue around it. Passer's brain seemed to overload, and his hips began to flex and reflex by pushing back more into her mouth and filling it before pulling it back out again. It was like he was fighting against his own instincts. To her pure delight, his little tip seemed to coil itself around her tongue, and they started dancing like two snakes. The noises that were escaping her big claw by above her were also music to her ears. All these delightful gasps and growls and snarls. The thought that she was giving this truly beautiful exotic male his first true taste of pleasure filled Shepard's soul with the most intense joy. She was going to make this night one that he never forgot. She was going to prove to him that his heart chose right with her that he chose right with humans. 
She intensified her sucking on him, and after only a few minutes he was losing the fight with his instincts. His hips began to buck powerfully. Fortunately, she was able to hold the most of his thick shaft with both hands and was able to control how much of this exquisite organ of his he was actually able to push into her mouth so she didn't end up choking on the damn thing. But to be fair, she didn't have to do that for long because he didn't exactly last long after that, especially when she began running her tongue round through those little grooves around that spiralled around the shaft. He just exploded right in her mouth with the roar of the most purest primal pleasure she'd ever heard in her life. But it was the taste of the thick, powerful claw seed that he was currently pumping into her mouth that really drove her over the edge. She was quickly having to swallow it to prevent it from overflowing her mouth, and it lit her whole senses on fire with every mouthful. Once his orgasm subsided, and she'd swallowed every single drop of his thick seed, she pulled his manhood from her mouth with a wet, sticky pop. Then, before she'd had time to even catch her breath, she found herself being pulled out from underneath him by the ankle, and with surprising dexterity, flipped her around with his powerful hands, and while balancing his weight with his tail and his wings. Hell, he seemed to be actually able to use his wing struts like additional legs to take his weight now. But once she was spun around, she was placed rather gently on the pillows at the top of the bed. I want you. I need you. Right fucking now, my female. I can't take it. I need to mate with you. To be one with you. He snarled deeply, sending an explosion of pure desire down her spine. This is what she'd been waiting for. Here was her clawboy's fire and her confidence. And now it was all hers. Then take me, my claw. I'm ready for you right now. But the next time we do this... I'm going to expect you to return the favour I just gave you. And that time, I'm going to be on top too. She growled up at him, trying to match his fire. You can count on it, my love. He snarled. And with that, he moved himself up between her spread legs to position himself correctly. As she reached down and used a single hand to part her already swollen, sopping wet lips to give him a view of the prize that he'd just won just like he'd given her the one of his. Pastor wasted zero time getting himself into position, and it appeared that his desire was so great that it had caused his refractory period to pretty much vanish. He moved himself in right low between her thighs, and for a moment she worried if his thighs and hips would just be too wide for her. But then, as he lined himself up, it seemed that he was an absolutely perfect fit. That's when she got the most incredible feeling and sensation she'd ever felt in her life. Passer moved himself up forwards, and she felt his incredible manhood actually feeling its way around her womanhood. It was like a giant tongue tasting its way around her, parting her lips and squirming its way around her womanhood, searching for an entrance, curling and squirming around her clit, making her squeal and moan as the pleasure hit her. Take me! Take me, my claw, she snarled up at him, and he listened. He found her entrance finally, and his little tip swirled its way around all over it like it was tasting it, until it was finally it was properly aligned to enter. Now she knew that this was going to be a lot bigger than anything she'd ever taken before, but boy was she determined. She was going to hilt this gorgeous claw of hers if it was the last thing she ever did. She was going to make them both into one.
No sooner had his tip began to breach her, she could feel the incredible pleasure of tasting its way around her nerve-filled insides, and she couldn't help it. Her instincts just kicked right in and she pushed back against him. She felt as it began to stretch her and she began to mould to it. She pushed downwards as he pushed upwards and those ridges and bumps did not disappoint at all because no sooner had one of them began to scrape along inside her her sensitive inner walls began to burn with fiery pleasure and she began to howl with it. He was absolutely heavenly. The stretch, the scrape, the pressure. It was like nothing she'd ever felt before. And she just lost herself in it. In fact, she didn't even notice how deep he was until suddenly his pelvis just met hers. And she realised that she'd been so aroused that she'd just hilted him in her first go. And that's when she realised that his manhood seemed to have coiled up like a snake and it was now squirming around inside her moving and licking and tasting all around inside like a giant tongue. The pleasure was like nothing else in this world. No human could do this. No human could ever make her feel this way. And suddenly she suddenly realised this is exactly why Gregory made the noises he did when he was the object of Ven's passions. Because right now as the object of Passer's passions she was in the exact same heaven as he was. She just wrapped her entire self around him, arms and legs. She clung to him and hung off him, and as he began to thrust, making his incredible manhood squirm around even more inside her, touching every single spot spot she had all at once, her first orgasm tore through her, making her scream his name to the heavens, and it was only moments after they started. By the time her fifth one hit her, only moments before the end, Twenty minutes had passed, and not once in that entire time had Passer stopped thrusting into her, or had he had stopped making incredible masculine growls and snarls the whole time either. Shepherd, Shepherd, I'm flying. I love you, Passer roared at the top of his lungs, and then like a blast of liquid heat, she felt his manhood explode in her deepest depths. In fact, somehow in all the mind-bending pleasure and passion, he'd actually managed to wedge the tip of his nimble manhood right into the neck of her womb, and had absolutely drowned it now with his incredibly thick seed of his. And while at the same time as this was happening, his wings flared outwards, forming like a fleshy tent above them, supporting them both up. When they both came crashing down, the pair just lay there panting, because only a moment after that incredible explosion, Passer managed to roll himself over, taking her with him so he didn't collapse on her and crush her flat. But not for a single second during that time had she let go of him. Finally, she slowly lifted her head up and planted a gentle kiss on his chest, trailing them up onto his neck and finally onto his face. He opened his incredibly blue eyes and found it really difficult to focus on her, no more worries now, my scaly angel. Not a single one. Because this night I made you a man, and you made me the happiest fucking woman of any species. I'm your girl now, and I always will be. And trust me when I say this, I will never, ever leave you. Because no one could ever make me feel the way you do, Passer. I love you, and that's never going to change. 
So you sleep now, my sweet scale, because Mama's got your heart, and ain't no one prizing it out of my hands, ever, she said, making him smile, and she saw a few tears leak from his beautiful eyes before she kissed them away. Thank you, Shepherd. Thank you so, so much, he murmured softly. Never thank me for loving you, Passer. It's as natural to me as breathing is, she said, and with that she lay her head down on his scaly pillow of her chest and let sleep claim them both into its warm embrace. That was chapter 68, ladies and gentlemen. So it finally looks like Shepherd finally got to be happy for once. She finally got herself a scaly angel to protect and love. Well, what's going to happen next? Where will they go? Will they stay in the village for a bit? And what's happening with the hunters? And with number eight and number nine? Only going to be one way to find out the answers to those questions. No, so many more. Going to have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you next time.